I want to thank Pastor Brad and and uh, I want to thank Pastor Brad for that reminder of conviction. Where's Brad? Where is he? Right there. Okay. <clears throat> and I want to thank Pastor Richard and all the elders for giving me this opportunity. Thank you so much. It means a lot to me. So, Kathy's going to have to read the scriptures because I am kind of blind in my left eye right now. So, in March, uh, just last month or so, I was in the shower, <clears throat> fell down, couldn't get up. We call the EMTs. They take me to Shands and they do some diagnostics. And I have a glioblastoma brain tumor that's aggressive. Supposed to grow fast or slow. They, the internet says you got 20 to 24 months to until you go home. So that's what we're up against. Kathy and I are on a, a, a brand new journey that is paved with your love and prayers. I'm, I'm going to keep it together. Hold on, just give me time. All right, come on, Christian. So before we get into the sermon, and Kevin, you hit it right on the head, is designed and put together to help us live out Christ at the chapel. Well, right here at this chapel, we want to live out Christ. So that's what the sermon is about today. Kathy's going to have to do some reading. You know, I love it when Brad comes up here and, and calls us beloved. That's my favorite thing. When he calls us beloved, that's what to God the Father refer to Jesus a lot of times, the beloved, so I love that. Um, so uh, we're on this journey. It is paved with your love, the chapel's love, and prayers for us. And I've got to tell you how much that means to us. It's incredible what that means to me and Gally. So I thank you for it. I thank you for my friends being here. I've got to get it together here. I uh, thank you for my friends being here. So I'm going to launch into a story that connects us to the soul. And to, the sermon will come in a little bit. So I'm in my driveway about a month and a half ago. And I like to get suntanned feet. One of the things I like to have is I like to have the top of my feet suntanned and get my nails real white. I like that look. So I'm in my driveway. All I have is shorts on and a baseball cap and nothing else. And I hide behind the car. So when people drive by, they don't go, <laughs> and so I'm sitting there and I see somebody drive up in an old Oldsmobile. And it's an old person. He gets out. And I know he's old because he's hobbling. And he has all these books and his papers sticking out of his chest. And a woman who's dressed like Saturday night church lady gets out next to him. And she's walking up there, and he comes up to me. I'm sitting there hiding behind the car, hardly any clothes on, and he says, I want to share some principles with you. A stranger coming right up to me. I said, well, sir, I live by faith in Jesus Christ, who was God in the flesh and died for my sins, and I live by grace and faith in him. I knew right away he was a Jehovah's Witness. Now, you all have had this experience, I expect, when they come up to your house. So he says, well, I want to share some principles with you. And I say, well, let me ask you a question first. If a man walks up here right now to us and says, I'm the bread of life, and you need to eat my flesh and drink my blood to have life in yourself, we would have every right to look at him and think he's crazy. We're not cannibals. We're not going to drink his blood. And we would have that reasonable right as human beings to think that out and go, no, 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 no. Then I said to him, but Jesus said that. And the only person that could say that, and it would be true, would be God. Because after he said that about eating my body and drinking my blood, he said, I'm speaking spiritual words to you. What I speak to you is a word, a spirit. And so that makes sense. God can say that to us. Eat my body, drink my blood. And it makes perfect sense. 
because God is allowed to say that to us. Another human being can't say that to us. I hope you remember that next time you have a JW come to your house because we are the only faith that believes in grace and the blood of Christ and the cross. Every other religion is a works-based religion. Hindu, uh, Confucianists, what they all Muslims. All these other religions are work-based. Even Jewish people who aren't Christians give a lot of money to, to Africa, building wells to be good people to get to heaven. Work-based. We are grace-based. It is Jesus. It is his life. It is his performance that's getting to us into heaven, not our performance. And we are not defined by our sin. We are defined by the blood of Christ. That's what defines us. That's who we are. Let me get my little note out here. <clears throat> we live in grace for one another in this church. We live and move and have our being in this church with one another. And our job to help build the chapel is to live that out and to see Christ in one another. That's what we're called to do. Uh, Kathy, can you come up? Where, where are you? You're right behind me. Can you read John 17? No, no. Uh, yeah, go ahead and read what you should read. I reveal your name to the men whom you gave to me out of the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they have known that all things, whatever you gave to me, are from you. This church, the chapel, how did it start? How did, we start, how did this church start? Did Richard get with Brad and say, hey, let's start a church? No. God revealed the truth to Brad and Richard, and they got together, and in the Holy Spirit, started this church. Read it one more time, Kathy. If you would, where'd you go? Disappeared on me. I revealed your name to the men whom you gave to me out of the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they have known that all things, whatever you gave to me, are from you. God revealed his name to Richard and to Brad, and they were moved by the Holy Spirit to start this church. That's how it started. And this is important to know because we have to take care of this church, and it's precious. And we all have a job as the body of Christ, each one of us, to come in and do our job, and that's what the sermon is basically going to be about. How do we build this church as the body of Christ? Okay? So, uh, I'm sorry. Galatians 2.20. Did you read that one, Kathy? I, can, I know it if you, want, if you want me to read it. I, ha I have been crucified with Christ, and I live. Yet no longer I, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith toward the Son of God, the one loving me and giving himself over on my behalf. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Can we believe that for one another? When we engage one another... Can we believe that truth for one another? Kevin's been crucified with Christ. Steve's been crucified with Christ. It's no longer him who lives, but he lives a new life 
with the anointing of the Holy Spirit within him. And when he speaks to us, he's speaking words from God. Our job is to believe Christ for you and you and you. We need to, as the body of Christ, believe the truth that God says about each one of us. Somebody's causing you trouble, you believe Christ for them. You believe that Christ lives in them. They've been crucified. You have to, we have to believe this. And, and what is it like when you do something and somebody comes to you and says, well, you spoke the word of God to me. Is there any better Christian experience that you can have than when a brother or sister comes up and said, you, you ministered to me with Jesus today or yesterday or last week. The note you sent me, the phone call you gave me. Is there, is there a better Christian experience than that? To me, that's the, that's the best. I just love it when somebody comes back and validates the Holy Spirit coming through me. It's not an ego trip. I don't get an ego trip. I just thank God that he used me. And he's called each one of us to do that, to believe Jesus for every person in this church. Somebody's causing you problems, you believe Jesus for them. Put it in his hands, because we do have conflict sometimes, and we need to believe Jesus for one another. Uh, Kathy, would you read John 17, 25, and 26? Righteous Father, indeed the world did not know you, but I knew you, and these knew that you sent me, and I made known to them your name, and will make it known that the love with which you loved me may be in them, and I in them. Well, this is, this is a crazy, crazy scripture. God, <laughs> he prays for us. He lifts his eyes to heaven. Jesus does. Jesus bowed down, lifts his eyes to heaven, and said, may the love that you have, Father, be for your children. That the same love that God has for the body of Christ, we possess that same love. I mean, is there any greater truth than that? We have God's love in us for one another. It's not a manufactured love that we, we try to real hard to be a good people. And no, the love that the Father, the Scripture says, Read it again, Kathy. Word, go. (laughs) Sorry. Righteous Father, indeed the world did not know you, but I knew you, and these knew that you sent me. And I made known to them your name, and will make it known that the love with which you loved me may be in them, and I in them. May the love with which you had for me may be in them. I mean, is there any greater truth than that? Just think about it. The love the Father has for the Son, Jesus himself prayed, and his prayers are answered. And when we come in here as the body of Christ, brothers and sisters, and you engage somebody, the love that the Father has for Jesus is in them for you. Well, if that doesn't light your fire, that's, that's an amazing truth. That the same, Jesus prayed that the love, Father, you have for, the, for, for me, for your son, may be in them. I just, that's an incredible truth that we need to get our heads around and believe it and it's true. 
it's just, it's an incredible truth. When we come in here and we see each other and we're the body of Christ and we rejoice in Jesus and we talk to each other and we gauge each other, it's from the Father's heart. The chapel has the Father's heart. The men who started this church didn't get together and think it up. God revealed his name to them, to Brad, to Richard, to the elders. And they said, let's get a church going based on the truth of God. And we have the chapel, and we have a job. We have to believe Christ for one another, the first thing, Galatians 2.20, believe that we've been crucified, that we have new lives. And we also have to open the door just a little bit for our brothers and sisters to let them in. I've got a story about, I was counseling a guy about dating the other day, and and he was having a hard time. No, I was actually counseling and a girl, and I said, okay, you have to crack the door just a little bit. If you're at the grocery store, you have to just crack the door a little bit. Some guy you like, you you have this thing going on with somebody. If you don't crack the door just a little bit and let them know that maybe you're friendly or interested, they won't come through the door. They will not. Men will walk away. We're afraid. You know, we really are. (laughs) And women have to crack the door just a hair to let us in. God throws the door wide open, and we just get to walk right through it because of Jesus' prayer. We have the love the Father has for Jesus in ourselves. And so as we live together as, as the chapel, and you come together on the porch, you talk in the aisle, you have a responsibility. We have a privilege to believe Christ for one another, but we also have to crack the door. If you have a prayer request going on in your life, tell somebody. Open the door. Be vulnerable. Can you pray for me for this? I have this need going on right now. Can you help me with it? Because you have to let people know. You have to open the door just a little bit in Christ so that you enable them to be able to walk through the door in the Spirit and help you. If we will do that for one another and we can show the love of God, there's no stopping this church. This church is ready to to just go. Brad has a, a tremendous gift. We love each other well, but we have to pay attention to the word and we have to believe Christ for one another in a very strong way. Does that resonate with everybody? Do you, get, do you see the, the, the beauty of believe, the first thing is believing Christ for one another. Believe Galatians 2.20 for one another. Believe that they have the love of the Father in them for you. You know, love is what draws people to Christ. And if they come in here if we're willing to take these steps with one another, we will be the church that God, we are now. I'm not saying we're not. We are. We're doing it well. We can do it more. We can believe Jesus for one another. And that's my calling. I run into people all the time and, and Christians. And my calling now is to believe Jesus for them. And I do it as much as I can. And I, I, I re- recognize the giftedness that they have and I lift it up, and I say, this is a cool gift you have. I like this gift. Keep using it. And if we will do that as the body of Christ here at this church, if we will simply believe Jesus for one another, just believe Jesus for one another, and we will open up our, our lives to our brothers and sisters with things we have going on, say, can you pray for me? Wonderful things will happen here at the chapel. We are ready to grow 
the number one way people come to church, did you know, is they get invited by a friend. So I would encourage you, if you know people, to invite them to come here. Because I just am so excited about this church. I'm so excited with the giftedness that Brad has. He is, I just love the way he preaches. I, I love how he today talked about you got to have conviction. He'll, he'll throw those things in there. And sometimes after he preaches, I'll go up to him and I'll identify something that he said. And then I say, you got to go lay down for a while, Brad. That took a lot out of you, I know. Because it does. We've heard him. We've heard him hit this one, this one, this one, this one, this one. And like, I, I, he's just worn out. Because he hits all, he hits everything all the time. He's gifted. Brad is gifted. Richard is gifted. And we have a, we have a pastor to be in the wings named Joel, who is tremendously gifted as a shepherd. And he's working hard to, 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 to follow that, that calling. He's got a calling from God to go into ministry. And so we should be praying for him. And if you get a chance, if you see his giftedness come out, identify it for him. And say, thanks, Joel. <laughs> That's great. I'm in his, his, I was in his group for a while, and he, he's a good shepherd. He's, he's, he's ready. Well, let me look at my card real quick. Oh, by the way, I know I'm dressed like this, but this is not a hipster church. This is a regular church with regular clothes. Uh, I just asked Brad, you want me to wear a suit? And he, he laughed and said, no, no, just dress how you always dress. So I did. But I got to tell you, Kathy and I, as I end this, I hope these words are encouraging because you can't just sit back and do this. You have to be active. You have to engage. You have to come here wanting to identify and believe Christ for one another. It's an active participation. You have to try to do it. You have to open the door a little bit when you're talking to somebody and let them in. We have to do this for one another to grow this church. Those are the two things I think the best things we could do is believe Christ for one another and open the door just a little bit for one another and share what you're going through. We all have things we're going through and we need prayer, every one of us. So if you just share that a little bit with a brother or sister, you'd be amazed how the relationship will get really good. And then you will trust them better and there'll be a love between you. People who come in here will see that. We have somebody who is looking at our church to maybe become part of it. I don't know if he's here today. And I went to him on purpose about a month ago and said, I want you to know something. We need your gift. I don't know what your gift is. I don't know what you have. But this church needs you. Now you think about it. You're a stranger coming in here. And some person you don't even know tells you, hey, we need you. That's good news. Here's the place I can be used. Everybody wants to count. Everybody wants to be part of the body. Everybody wants to use their gifts and their missing. Every one of us want to explore and exercise our gifts. So I would ask you to let people in, and I would ask you to believe Christ for one another as hard as you can, because we need it. Um, we're going to, I can't go too far, too long. I hope, I, I hope the word blessed you today, these words of encouragement. I would ask, uh, I have a favor of you. Is it time to sing Christ alone, Steve? I have a favor to ask of you. Oh, my brain. Okay, signaling around in my head. Uh, we're going to sing In Christ Alone. And I've had a dream for like 30 years, whenever that song came out. 
that we could sing this song. I loved looking at the, the soccer teams coming out of the bars in Europe. They get all booted up, and they pile out into the street. And I love watching it because they get arm in arm, and they sing a fight song going to the stadium. And I just love that excitement. I think it's the coolest thing in the world because they are ready to go. And they're all just wondering to get this thing going. And so we're going to sing in Christ alone. And I would ask each of us to stand up, join arms, and sing a fight song. Sing, it crescendos. It builds. So stand up, find somebody, hook your arm to them, and sing this song like you're a soccer player going to the stadium to fight for Christ. Please, for me, just one time. 